burgundy. Skin vaults. Let me tell you a little secret, miss. Shaz leaned in to whisper into Pragati's ear. She could count the pores on his tattooed skin, her gaze following the dagger that ran all along the length of his gym-trained arm, ending with its threatening tip on his wide wrist. Disconcerted, Pragati shifted her gaze to the frosting window. It was still raining outside. The city's neon signs were melting into a meaningless blur as drops slid off the window and took the lights with them. The view comforted Pragati. She could not tell if it was her welling up eyes, the hangover, or the rain that dissolved the collage outside. The colored lights involuntarily ran into one another in small streams, merging to create an ever-shifting rainbow. Shaz continued in a voice that cut through the effect of the wine she was under. She felt his husky baritone all over her body, like shards of thick, broken glass. I get under your skin, you see. It gives me multiple orgasms. An indescribable professional gratification. It's my USP. Unique selling point. Miss Weepy Finance? Shaz lowered his voice to a menacing whisper as the machine in his hand stopped shouting. His twisted smile exposed a smoker's stained teeth and made him look even more threatening. Still nursing the wounds she had suffered in the argument with Raghav, and intoxicated by the three glasses of red wine gulped in a hurry at the office party, Pragati had walked into Shaz's den a few hours ago and demanded it in deep burgundy. Exactly like this wine stain on my corporate suit. She had explained what she needed in an unsteady string of phrases, just like she was very unsteady on her feet. Dark? And forever, that is how I want it. As close to the color of blood as possible. No, hold on. Make it even deeper. An image from the morning flashed in front of her eyes as she laid more emphasis on the color she desired. It was early morning. Raghav was repeating his version for the umpteenth time and she was standing within the passion red walls of their bedroom, hearing all his words and yet listening to nothing. She returned from her reverie to the darkness of the tattoo artist's den, with the clutter of dyes, needles and magazines occupying its dark, invisible corners. Rings of smoke rose like distress signals from a half-smoked cigarette, begging for attention from a depressed soul. Pragati felt an overwhelming urge surface upon her quivering lips. Small pearls of sweat appeared on her brow 30 minutes after she had demanded it in Burgundy. She was feeling uneasy with Shaz's weird sense of humor that filled this dimly lit basement. As she gradually sobered, 
Pragati grew less certain of her impulsive decision. Proximity to this pierced man with sweat running down his biceps, coursing over the labyrinth of his thick veins, made her uncomfortable. His breath, soaked in a cocktail of nicotine and beer, was pouring all over her skin like acid rain. Sitting in the customer's chair, she herself felt like a cigarette on fire. As hundred needle pricks a minute burnt her ankle, the flame gradually rising up her calf. But somewhere inside, she was enjoying the slow death of her dermis and this conquering stain of the tattoo that Shaz was administering on her body. Would it help her hide from the nagging questions? The demons that had haunted her every waking moment? Would it be her escape from the revulsion she had been feeling for Raghav the entire week? Or would it be the reason for the anticipated end to their relationship? She had lived through their decade-long marriage and her two miscarriages with grace. However, Raghav's subsequent aloofness and indifference and his accumulating Frequent flyer miles were only adding to the distance between them. The silence and celibacy that slept between them in their bed had left her scarred. All that had paled in front of this. She was struggling to accept it. Pragati reasoned with herself as Shaz bent down to make love to more virgin skin on the mount of her calf. She ignored Shaz's curiosity over the burns on her leg. Shaz was a professional. Feigning indifference towards the cigarette burns, he quickly moved on. Of course, he debated over the possibilities in his own head. He had seen plenty of women in his career who would walk into the studio to hide scars under tattoos more than the men he had seen coming in to get a fake scar for a macho look. Plenty of these were women who had been subjected to domestic violence in circles of the society where camouflage and self-delusion are affordable remedies. The rich have rugs to push everything under. Somehow, the burns on this ambitious-looking woman's leg baffled him. They even troubled him. He preferred people to fall into slots he had created in his mind. If they did not qualify into his defined categories, it left him disturbed. Her business card introduced her as the financial head of a mid-sized company. She was well-dressed, had a toned body that was well looked after for a 30-something woman. In fact, she seemed too balanced to be rebelling against a life gone right. She can't be doing dope. Nah, he had dismissed that possibility. Those lips are not a chain smoker's either, he thought further. He took a hard drag at the anxiously burning cigarette and squinted his eyes beneath the pierced brow. But the enigma in the chair was bothering him. Did she put those burns herself? What could she be punishing herself for? Every time someone explained self-abuse to him, Shaz always failed to see the point. He had hopelessly tried humor to relax his intriguing customer. However, unlike the colors spilling from his steady hand, humor rolled off awkwardly from his tongue. 
awkward to the point of sounding sinister. He was a tattoo artist, not a life coach. He regretted his attempt at humor and decided to let his work do the talking. Prakriti was still reliving the day. The crystal vase had come crashing to the floor and the rose petals had swum away with the water, making their way like yachts midst islands of scattered shards. Rakov had hurled the vase at the unrelenting bedroom door in the morning when Pragati had refused to open it for an hour. He had kept yelling about a call from the office. He needed to shave and get a suit from the closet, but Pragati had turned the volume up on the Bose system and Kenny G's saxophone had descended like a canopy and shielded her from the sharp rain of Rakov's insistent voice. A sharp stab in her leg dragged Pragati back to the present. She wondered why her heart always found a way of making things worse. Why was she piling up all the guilt for his sins? Was she punishing herself for her perverted husband's deed? She ridiculed the thought, almost laughing at it. Just like she felt she could mock at the dead skin on her ankle that Raghav had touched three days ago while trying to give his version of the truth. Ever since, she had decided to abuse the ankle repeatedly. A strange punishment, but she could not think of anything else. She drifted back to the evening. Raghav was at Strangers, the new restaurant with some friends when she did it. Earlier in the evening, he had begged her to understand his position. Exasperated by her stubbornness to see reason, he had left home. She knew where he kept his cigarettes and took out a pack. She pulled a chair to the balcony. The sun had burnt away, leaving a fistful of ash in the sky. Soon this fist would open to reveal the night and its stars that would hardly be visible above the city's lights. She reached for the first cigarette and lit an old habit again. A couple of drags and she settled into the rhythm of inhaling and exhaling like a regular smoker. In one swift movement, she lowered the cigarette to her leg and stubbed it where Raghav's touch from the morning gripped her like an anklet. She surprised herself with her own audacity, but the bravado and novelty died after the fourth cigarette. She continued with the self-abuse anyway. Pragati swam in several thoughts, but kept surfacing to the present moment to catch her breath. Raghav's touch had disgusted her and mocked at her judgment. She had devoted her college life to running campaigns against eve-teasing and harassment of women. Yet, here she was, a decade later, sharing roof, life and future with a pervert who had gone on to do just that, sexually abuse a woman. She wanted revenge, compensation for breach of trust. Most of all, she wanted to have the last laugh. She wanted him to suffer. She wanted to show that she hated him as much as he said he would hate her if she ever got a tattoo. She was desperately seeking his loathing. Prakriti was finally going to have the ballet dancer twirling on her skin. The dancer's delicate toes would be kissing Prakriti's heel and the raised hand would wrap around her shapely calf muscle. 
She had to abandon ballet classes after the move to Gurgaon from Mumbai because of his damned job. She could have managed with any position on offer in Mumbai just to continue with ballet. As always, Raghav had grander plans and consequently she had sacrificed her dream. She felt the burgundy ballet dancer sting her calf. Shaz ran a finger across the iPad and Rehana crooned louder, flooding the room with sound. He liked the rhythm of good music as he stroked on God's canvas of perfect skin with a vengeance. Pragati didn't mind drowning the noise of her turmoil in the music. As far as vengeance was concerned, she was a partner in crime, offering her skin with utmost disdain. Her phone rang. It was the ringtone she had set exclusively for Raghav. The sound of this ringtone had been a constant irritant through the day. She chose not to answer it for the 17th time. Prakriti had just the right texture and Shaz's strained eye had noticed instantly that it would be a pleasure working on her skin. He had a gift, an ability to gauge which parchment was perfect for his ink poetry. His art teacher at school had always found Shaz's work an embarrassment. It was too explicit, too bold, too unnerving, yet... It was disturbingly aesthetic and oozing talent. It had scared the teacher to death. The little devil is a pervert. We can't have him in this Catholic school. Take him away to an institution. He needs to be treated medically. As a parent, you are advised to seek help to rid him of this inclination to create juvenile art. These were Brother Francis's last words that echoed in his ears every time he reached for the easel. However, Shaz's mother, unfazed by Brother Francis's comment, put him into an art school that gave him the liberty to play with colors and canvas for the remaining years of his formal education. The fetish to ink skin happened much later in Chicago and he dropped out of the expensive arts degree program. His mother finally gave up on him and life, both within a year. Shaz nurtured his new obsession and compensated for his silence by shouting loudly with color on human skin. Wanderlust gripped him thereafter. Many years of his life were spent at the beaches. He lived all over LA, Rio, Phuket, wandering across vast stretches of sand. Shaz covered miles of skin with brilliant tattoos from junkies to gentlemen, prostitutes to errant and desperate wives, even occasional drunks like Pragati, who got it on impulse. Each tattoo he inked was an intimate encounter. He was an agony aunt administering more than just a tattoo. He gave people physical agony, drove his needles and injections of color through their skin and they gave him stories, heartaches, fears, secrets and bared more than just skin. The intricate and detailed tattoos demanded several sittings. Most clients felt a compulsive need to let him under their skin. Women were drawn to his artistry and the way he touched. The intimacy was professional compulsion to him but a delightful personal experience for the women 
who were often swept up by the wave of excitement that the alien touch of his hand brought. The odd rose, a wristlet, a snake on a lean back, a butterfly on the bosom, a love bite tattoo on the inner thigh. He did them all with impersonal dexterity, but he could read the signs well. He could read the signs even when the gay men he worked with made sexual advances. He could sense when it was coming. He would label it as a professional hazard and take it in its stride. Especially when it was the end of an exhaustive session of concentrated work. While he was working in Phuket, the tsunami hit. Along with several friends, his wanderlust was swept away. He preferred to believe that his friends were just missing. He held on to the belief for convenience and for solace, but neither came to his heart's rescue. He missed Christie more than anyone else. Even when he stood naked in front of the mirror, he could not bring himself to look at Christie's last work. Their initials carved in passionate burgundy, going right across his chest. C.S. He kept looking for her every night after downing a pint of beer and inking someone's torso or leg. He would sit in front of his computer and Google her, habit overriding the belief that the search was futile. He had moved to Gurgaon, Gurugram, a market hungry for color, both in the hair and on the skin. It was an amazing amalgam of seekers. Desolate loners, desperate lovers, midlife crisis hit executives, wannabe rock stars, menopausal rich wives looking to cover wrinkles or plain desperate to top the gossip charts with their shocking skin stain. A city of young restless achievers taking the express highways and rapid elevators to the highest rungs of corporate hierarchy and attention seekers whose drab, small-town backgrounds immediately needed some cover. Waving their credit cards, they thronged his swanky studio, their skins parched and thirsty for his colors that seemed to promise nirvana. These clients were desperate to get inked, go out and assert their individuality and make a bold, psychedelic statement. Prakriti did not seem to fit any stereotypical definition. He shifted his attention back to her and noticed the beautiful lines around her mouth. He felt himself disregarding the professional boundaries and the fullness of her lips seemed inviting. A craving rose and he fought hard to subdue it. She was still nervous, uncomfortable, yet conscious of the casual brush of his muscular arm against her calf. The crisis she had dealt with all week was beginning to take toll on her and weaken her defenses. She felt vulnerable and drawn to this strange artist whose pierced ears had put her off the moment she noticed them. Pragati preferred her men prim and proper, just like Raghav. Is he still the perfect example? Not anymore, perhaps. Confusion blurred her judgment, and she fought this strange attraction that seemed to be degrading her in her own eyes with every passing minute. 
She wanted to catch herself before she fell from grace. She felt like a desperate housewife, contemplating the idea of a casual fling or even a one-night stand. She pictured herself as a flirtatious girl in a second-rate spy thriller drawn to a mysterious, intriguing man with a dark, unexplored side. The strange magnetism she felt for this tattoo guy was bothering her. She shifted her focus back to Raghav. She ran the script of Raghav and Pragati's near-perfect life in her mind once again. She ran it right up to last week when he goofed it all up. Meanwhile, more burgundy started to fill her leg, like a full-bodied French wine pouring into a perfect glass. She did not realize she was not just replaying Raghav's life in her mind, but blurting it out loudly. A grade student, engineer, MBA, a whiz kid out of business school and straight into a dream job with an IT major. VP in three years, married to a VP finance, both equally driven and focused, insufferable jerk. She shook her head in disgust and went on, son of a bitch, decided to pull a Tiger Woods on me. Damn these corporate golfing types. These suckers think that they can get a hole in one every time a good looking woman gives them a smile. These bastards can't use their brains outside the boardrooms, just do all the thinking with their bloody balls. She was on song. Shaz steadied his hand and worked on with practiced precision, ignoring her rants. Pragati went on. I'm sure you want to hear the rest of the spicy detail, don't you? She was now speaking to Shaz directly and did not wait for an answer. An attractive operations manager has slapped sexual harassment charges on Raghav and are upwardly mobile life has come spiraling down to be the talk of the town, to be the spice in the lives of the entire neighborhood, the office peons and the whole bloody extended family from here to Lucknow. He has been temporarily removed from his job and is licking his wounds at home. And here I am getting my leg painted burgundy because he touched it. Damn it! I downed half a bottle of vodka and put seven cigarette stubs where he touched me and begged me to understand. It still hurts. By now, she was crying out loud. Suddenly, she seized Shaz by the shirt, pulled him close and kissed him on the lips. It was a kiss devoid of passion, yet raging with desire. It was a kiss not certain of its own intent or consequence. A streak of burgundy escaped Shaz's while to reach the front of Pragati's leg. Shaz gave her a shove and his troubled gaze returned to his partially ruined piece of art. His shirt tore open in the struggle, laying bare his chest and the CS. Pragati stared at the perfect tattoo in utter surprise and for no particular reason, Shaz blabbered to her all about Christy in the next hour. Christy sold charms by the beach. And that is where I first met her. The image of that first meeting is still tattooed on my mind. Her Greek mother was a vagabond. She had wandered continents, driven by a mysterious quest. She left Christy in a thigh shack one morning, her inheritance being a tattered backpack filled with souvenirs and trinkets and fascinating tales from Christy to narrate as she sold her wear. 
Christy found herself tethered to both grief and fond memories of her mother. When I set up shop in a shack close by, it took me no time to realize that loving her came as naturally to me as tattooing. Shaz took a deep breath and continued. Christy used to beg me to ink her every time she saw my new designs. But I could never muster the courage to stain her skin. The day the tsunami hit the beach, I was inking some rich snob in Bangkok. When I returned to the ravaged seafront after a day of mayhem, Christy was a statistic among the missing. Afterwards, Shaz opened a fresh beer and... A swish later, he wondered. He had laid bare his soul to a complete stranger? Why? Even he did not know. Pragati had regained her composure and apologized. Before she left, Shaz had said that he understood, still feeling the salt of that kiss and tears on his lips. And somewhere, his rusting heart had ached singing to a long-forgotten rhythm again. He had instructed her to protect the leg from water for a couple of days. It'll allow the tattoo to settle nicely and the color will blossom to its full glory. She'd paid quietly, still feeling guilty. Her phone had sung again. It was the same tone. It was Raghav. Eighteenth call. Pragati had surprised herself that she was keeping count. She had avoided Shaz's gaze and walked out of the studio. Shaz had looked through the glass door and had kept looking until the chimes had gone silent and all traces of Pragati's presence were gone, except some spilt burgundy. It was still raining heavily outside and good drainage was not Gurgaon's strong point. Pragati managed to reach home in an hour Wrestling with the traffic and her own disturbing thoughts, she felt weighed down by the burden of another awkward night to be spent with Raghav. She wondered why the phone that had rung incessantly had stopped ringing in the last hour as she took tentative steps towards the front door of the apartment. Her phone shivered to life and broke the constant hiss of silence. It was a forwarded email from Raghav's ID. She was about to delete it when she noticed it was a mail written by his boss, Rajat Behel, the country head. It was a detailed apology on behalf of the organization. In a dramatic turn of events, the woman who had levied charges against Raghav had withdrawn her complaint. It was a case of professional jealousy. Apparently, the desperate woman was unhappy with the moderate appraisal Raghav had awarded her. She had expected a promotion and a step up the ladder. In a fit of rage, she had framed Raghav and alleged that he had sought sexual favors from her. Pragati stared at the words in shock. She neither called Raghav to share her joy, nor did she curse the woman responsible for the mess. She had a sudden impulse to wash her own guilt. To rid herself of the tattoo on her leg, she rushed into the bathroom, a million thoughts coursing through her mind. She threw her wine-stained suit into the laundry basket and stared at the ballerina around her leg in the full-length mirror. Where is Raghav? she wondered aloud. 
She turned on the hot water tap in the basin and frantically rubbed the wet towel on her leg. Tears rolled down her cheeks, the leg grew red, her face grew red, but the ballerina stayed resolute and unmoved. Damn it, I have to get it off before Raghav returns. He must be at the office, sorting things out, she thought between sobs. Exasperated, she dialed Shazza's number to seek help. She turned towards the bathtub and opened the faucet. That's when she saw Raghav staring at her. His eyes still and wide open. Lying in a burgundy pool that was filling up slowly. It was the same color as the spinning ballerina on her leg. The color of blood. Just what she had asked the tattoo artist for. She could hear Shaz's concerned voice in the distance. She did not remember dialing the number anymore. She stood frozen. Shaz was still shouting into the phone. I told you, miss, it won't go. It will never go. You should have been sure that you wanted it. It's a, it's a permanent tattoo.